Hi everyone and welcome to The Author's Journey, bringing you stories of authors in our community and their journeys with their written word. Today I'm delighted to have with me Kat Gordon, who is a first-time author coming on the show today. Thanks so much for coming today, Kat. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Welcome, welcome. Now, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about how you started down this path of becoming an author and your journey with the written word. Where did it all begin? I think it began when I used to round up my little stuffed animals when I was a little girl and tell them stories. Is that right? I was thinking about that. I think that's where it began. Really? Yeah. And when I, as soon as I could write, I asked my parents for a little, there was this red and white typewriter that I loved so much. <laughs> and they bought me this little typewriter and I'd bang out my little stories. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was... I was always using my imagination. Yeah. Sometimes it was a good thing, sometimes it was, <laughs> you really have an overactive imagination, Kat. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been making up stories inside my head for as long as I could, and yeah. even in English class in school, I always rose my hand when it was composition time and wanted to read <laughs> my stories out loud. I love it, I love it. So did you have uh, people in your childhood who encouraged you to become a writer and to, to really develop this imagination and your, the storytelling craft? Well, my mother loved reading to me at night, okay. and it's really interesting because I was thinking about the type of stuff that I enjoy to write, and it's a combination of different things that happened in my childhood. Yeah. So my mom would read me all the fairy tales, <laughs> all the Disney stuff, right. and so I developed that kind of romantic heart. Yes, yes. But then when I was seven, Star Wars came out, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I just fell in love with space opera and such. Okay. And, that, and I think I always, even though I love space opera, and I love the Disney romance tales, yes. and then I kind of really love funny stuff, when you put them all together, that's how I became an author. A little bit of each. Never one in any <laughs> category. They all have to go together. I see a little bit of all of them actually in, in you as you're speaking right now, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And it's great that you have such great enthusiasm and such great passion, um, obviously, because this is something that I believe informs a great deal of how you write. So is this something, do you bring that passion into everything, into your writing, into all that you put together? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I betray my personality and my characters <laughs> all the time. The other day I wrote on Facebook about a certain character I have in Life in the Cosm called Zax. Yes. I said, I don't know where Zax gets his sass from. <laughs> I have no idea. And a friend said, really? You really don't know? <laughs> So, yeah, I, I find that, you know, you can't help but funnel yourself yeah. when you write. And it's cathartic, but I also have a good time while I'm doing it as well. Well, I can see you chuckling as you're writing, as a matter of fact. That's just <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, I, we mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier that you're a first-time author. Yes. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. It's, uh, I know how, what a big deal it is to actually publish your first book. How does it feel, first of all? It feels amazing. Yeah. And I'm really, really lucky because I have this... Um, small press as my publisher yes. and we're all like a little family um, who is your publisher What's it's renaissance, renaissance and they're press. A, a gatineau press yes and they're a multi-genre press so okay. i get the privilege of meeting authors that don't write necessarily the same as myself okay. so i read all their things and and, it, and it's expanded my horizons okay. in terms of my tastes in reading yes. and uh, and I just love kind of reading a book and then talking to the actual author of a book. <laughs> That's a thrill for me. Have you actually had people read your book and come up to you and then say I love your book? Because I know the feeling how that feels. So how does, it, how does that feel? Now that feels wonderful and, uh, and also a relief. <laughs> a relief? Tell me why. Well, when you're a humor author, 
yeah. you're not so sure that you're the only one who thinks you're funny. <laughs> so it really matters when someone comes up to you and says, I laughed so hard at your book. And I'm like, okay, good. It's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one who thinks it's funny. Other people think it's funny too. Yeah. Okay. So tell me that your book is called uh, A Life, Life in the Cosm, right? Yes. So what does that title mean? What's Life in the Cosm? Well, Cosm is actually, it has a little apostrophe. That's right. So it's short for microcosm. Okay. And it's about this little green guy named Verge of Reason. That's his real name. Verge of Reason. Okay. And he is smitten with the female half of his two-headed colleague that he sits beside in his mundane job at work. Okay, so obviously this is not taking place here on Earth if there are two heads involved in one <laughs> being. That's right. <laughs> so this is out in the microcosm, okay? Yeah, it's in space. way out somewhere in a galaxy. Yes, somewhere in the galaxy. Without a name right now. Okay. And uh, yeah, and uh, so, so Verge is a technical scribe, okay. which is his version of a technical writer, which I happen to have been for 20 years okay. and he doesn't like his job very much but he's smitten with this Freda okay. who's one half of Freda and Joby and Freda and Joby get ill and Verge decides he can go halfway across the galaxy to save their lives with some miraculous cure okay even though he's just a technical writer okay so he lives a little bit in his own world and Chase's fantasy. <laughs> so what inspired you to write this? I imagine this sounds like a, is it science fiction? More science fiction, um, uh, not so much new age, but probably more science fiction, right? Comic? Is it a comic book? No. It is science fiction. Right. And it's funny you said comic book because these were characters I doodled in the 90s just for fun. I yeah. was thinking of making them a comic strip. Right. Um, and then in uh, 1998, I kind of jotted a few things down which were pretty horrible and I put it away I must have I don't know if I did 10 pages put it away okay. and then 2014 I thought to myself I'm gonna do a writing exercise and I thought okay. oh I was writing something about verge let me let me bring that back and honestly I accidentally wrote the book is that, that right? is my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so how does one accidentally write a book? I, this, is, this is the first time I've heard of an accidental book writing. So please tell me about how you accidentally write a book. <laughs> I, was, I thought, well, now at the time, I'll be serious for two seconds, but I, I have developed a neuropathic disability. Okay. And it, it, it put me in a state of chronic pain, just excruciating pain. So I thought, if I do a writing exercise, maybe that will take my mind off the pain. Okay. And being me, no matter pain or not, I chose the humor path and I thought, well, I'm just going to just, every night I'm going to write a little something. That's okay. what I'm going to do. Okay. And then one chapter became two, became three, and, and I had this rule that I was going to write in a straight line and never delete anything. So no matter where I put myself in the book, I had to get myself out of there. <laughs> and it just, I think for the first time in my life, I tried to write a story instead of trying to write a book. Uh -huh. And for me, that was the key. So tell me uh, how you define the difference between writing a book and writing a story. When I was in my 20s, that's mm -hmm. when I really wanted Last to be published. Last year, right? Like, you know, three, four what? years ago? Yeah, so I really desperately wanted to write and be published. Okay. And, I, and I was like, I've got to write a book, I've got to write a book. And for me, I guess the way my mind works, I was so interested in the end game hmm. that I forgot to concentrate on the journey to get there. Okay. And when when you know, two or three years later, I, I wrote Life in the Cosm. I started in 2014. Um, I wasn't thinking about writing a book because I had no intention of writing a book. So I became involved in the story. Okay. And then I got to the end of the story. And I said, you know what, I kind of like this. 
maybe somebody else might like it too. Why don't I just try? Yeah. And then I accidentally got published. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about um, your process for writing. Um, you mentioned that you are someone who lives with a disability and it's something, does it cause you, you said it causes you physical pain. Yes. Is it physical pain in your hands? Absolutely, it, yeah. yeah. So it's widespread neuropathic pain. Yes. It could be in my neck, shoulders, hands, elbows, knees, legs. Um, it has really affected my ability to walk. So I have uh, my rollator, which which nobody calls a rollator, they call it Nula after a character Nula. in my book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Who also happens to have a neuropathic disability. Go figure. How did I come up with How that? How did you come up with that? <laughs> well, and we'll talk about that actually. Um, did you, was it your intention to write a, a character who has a disability? No, I accidentally wrote her too. <laughs> I swear I didn't plan anything in this book. It just really happened. Um, and in terms of trying to find out what is my method of writing, yeah. I, I didn't know the answer and I still kind of don't because okay. I think I'm figuring it out as I'm going along. I, I thought I was someone who just liked to just go by the seat of my pants and never plan a thing. But now the NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month is upon us. Yes. And I had to plan to see how much I could write every day, word mm -hmm. count wise, with this disability yeah. to get to the finish line. So now I could be someone who plans to write every day. <laughs> I'm going to have to follow up with a blog to say what my writing style is because <laughs> I'm just learning as I go. So you, you're not one, you're obviously not somebody that just sits and plans now. Right. Um, do you see the benefit of writing in that way where you're actually having to structure as opposed to simply allowing a stream of consciousness and then whatever comes through to come through you? Life in the Cosm was easy because I didn't have any books before. So now I I'm writing, I'm in, I'm doing a two, I have two works in process with okay. uh, the second book in the Cosm series yes. and now a prequel to it. Okay. And I thought, well, no, I have to really think a little bit because if I'm using similar characters and stuff, I mm. have to kind of, especially with a prequel, okay, how do I get from here to there? I have to have some kind of structure of the book. Right. So yeah, so now, now I'm finding there is a benefit when you're in the same series yes. to do just a hint of outlining. Yes. But even so, when I do that, if, if the mood strikes me, I'll just write a scene down, even if it belongs to nowhere, <laughs> just to keep it there. Right, because, you know, in, in some of the other shows that we've talked about, I mean, I understand that completely. There are moments when inspiration just strikes, and you're not, it doesn't have to be, you know, when you're sitting at your desk from 9 to 2 or whatever the times are. And it's important to capture those thoughts in the moment. Yes. Um, because you don't know where they might fit in the future, but they do fit somewhere. Okay. Um, can you... Uh, you, you mentioned that uh, actually, because you, you mentioned your, the, um, the condition that you deal with, can you tell me how long it actually took you to write your first book? You know what? It took like nine months to get that first draft out. How, nine months? It just poured well, out that's of pretty me. fast you yeah. know, for a first-time writer. I know. I don't, again, I accidentally wrote the thing <laughs> in nine months. The I mean, the first draft just spilled out of me. Okay. And because it took me to uh, a certain place, I, I couldn't remember having pain while I was writing it. Oh, how interesting. So was so did you find that the process of writing somehow alleviated the pain or helped you manage it better? It did oh. for those times when I was writing. And I and I mean I can't quote the science, but I had yes. read an article about a year later that talked about how creativity could actually help distract the brain for people with a continuous chronic pain. Uh -huh. So I thought, "Oh, well that's good to know." 
So then, so the writing was a distraction from the pain for you? Yeah, very much so. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. And so then, well, how, is this going? Is, is this how you're going? Do you think you're going to be writing moving forward? Just allowing whatever inspiration hits to hit, and then um, using it as a means to distract from the pain. I think so, but now I'm just so involved with the uh, I'm so involved with the writing process that I don't actually think of it as a pain management tool anymore. I just okay. I just do it for the love. You do it for the love. Yeah. Well, I can feel the love pouring out of you <laughs> and the passion pour, pouring out of you for uh, for what it is that you do. Now you also mentioned and I read on your on your blog that you are a musician I and I do want to talk about what it means to be a musician and you're a drummer I am a drummer <laughs> and that you'd sell your sofa before you sold your drum that's right and I love that quote <laughs> so we're gonna talk about that when we come back from break uh, please stay tuned everybody as we continue our conversation with Kat Gordon <laughs> Welcome back to The Author's Journey, everyone, where I'm continuing my conversation with Kat Gordon, a local author who's just finished publishing her first book called Life in the Cosm. And we left off, left off speaking about your passion for music and for drumming. Yes. <laughs> that you love your drums. What is it about, what is it about the drums that you love? Well, <laughs> it's productive hitting. Productive hitting. And you don't go to jail for it. <laughs> Uh, I love my drums. Uh, they, they are everything to me. And you know they're like the best physiotherapy tool on the planet for me? <laughs> so this is like a tradi the traditional drum set, right, that we're talking about? Yes, but I have an electronic kit because I don't want to get divorced. Okay. So. Uh, what does that mean? Like you have an electronic kit, which means It's that a full kit. Yes. But I can plug in headphones. Oh, I see. So my husband hears a rap a tap a tap but like I don't take the house down, you know, the glasses don't rattle and such. I think that's a great thing to have if you have kids as well. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have the, the kid as well. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, one of uh, one of the things that I know that you have started that I'd like you to talk a little bit about is um, a network called the Spoonie Authors Network. Yes. Now, I have to ask, Spoonie, what is a Spoonie now? What is a Spoonie? I'm <laughs> so glad you asked that question because a lot of people don't know what it is. No, I don't know. I really don't. So there was a, a woman um, with a chronic condition yeah. who was trying to explain to her friends how does she get through a day with limited energy okay. because of a, a condition disability she had and her name is Christine um, Miserandino I always get that wrong okay but I think her blog is but you don't look sick com but you don't look sick yeah com. which is a That's great, a great thing. name yeah for especially for people with invisible disabilities yes so she she created spoon theory where she said okay imagine all the mundane tasks you have to do every day is repre yes. are represented by spoons okay. so getting up is a spoon taking a shower is a spoon okay right making yourself lunch and when you have like a chronic fatigue and chronic pain condition those are actually big deals and so a lot of people who read her spoon theory said that's my life I only right. have this many spoons to deal with today right which means I, can, I have to prioritize well I know I have to get up I know I have to get dressed 
right. but I can't do this other thing and I don't think I can blow dry my hair because my arms hurt too much. So it, it's a, it was a great way to, to show to people who are more able-bodied yes. you know, our limitations. And so Spoonie became a nickname. For, for that. No, so I am a spoonie because so, so. I manage spoons. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a great name and what a, what a great analogy to have people understand. So because you can only, as you say, you can only manage so many spoons and you have to choose the spoons that you're going to manage for the day. Exactly. So then why did you decide then to create this Spoonie Authors Network? I was inspired when I went to CanCon 2016. CanCon is? Uh, oh gosh, do I? It, do it's I, the Canadian... You know, I wish I... Is it a comic convention? No, it's a, it's a speculative uh, fiction convention. Oh, okay. And I, I can never remember... What it stands for. Well, I, no, I, for I, I feel so bad. <laughs> but it's a really wonderful thing. It takes place... It's a three-day conference that takes place every year okay. in the fall. All right. And I attended for the first time in 2016 because that's when Life in the Cosm was being on sale for the first time right, right. there. But when I was there attending panels, I noticed people with visible disabilities, quite a mm. few of them, and I thought, okay, this is what I can see. I bet you there are more uh, people with invisible disabilities, right. and wouldn't it be great if we authors had a mechanism to network and communicate? Mm -hmm. And so I created the blog in November last year, thinking it was gonna be myself and my friend Amy, and that's yeah. it. But we have now, like I think 15, 16 contributors in total. Wow. Yeah. So obviously something has resonated. Yes. Something has resonated with uh, with this network. Is it mostly individuals, writers, who are dealing with whether it's a, a visible or invisible disability who are contributing to you yes. to this network? Yes. In fact, I, I only want people with disabilities and or chronic conditions. Right. Uh, but. I accept the, and I welcome, I should say, the diversity of right. disability right. because there are so many different types of disabilities. It's not just me rolling around with NULA. Um, we have people with autism. Okay. Um, you know, we have people who manage uh, severe debilitating migraines, as well as people who deal with fibromyalgia and other um, chronic pain conditions mm -hmm. and what's great about it is to hear all their different tales so I'm the editor of the Spoonie Authors Network but yes. I also feel like I'm the student of it as well yes. I learn so much from the stories that the other authors bring to the table so so this is an opportunity for authors who have different abilities all abilities mm -hmm. to um, to is it to speak about how they are learning to manage all the spoons that they have in their life is that what it is exactly or is it a writing form it's actually both okay so it's you know the challenges mm. that they might face in their writing journeys as well okay and I think that really helps us too because for example, there's this thing going out about you should write every day. It's you got to write every day. Well, you know, that's a bit ableist because not everybody mm. can do that. That's an interesting word, ableist. Yeah. 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 So, so, so in the Spoonie Authors Network, when we have people with multiple sclerosis or other kinds right. of conditions saying, you know, I can only write five words, but eventually I assembled those five words that happened over several days and they became a poem. And I never, I, that was actually Jameson Wolf. He wrote a, a blog about five words when he was coping with his multiple sclerosis. And he eventually just took these groupings of five or six words and built poems out of it. And I never thought of anything more inspirational than that. Oh my goodness, is that ever? Yeah. And you know, I love this idea of there is not really a right way to write. There is not yes. a right way to express. It really is about paying attention to how you're feeling, paying attention to what 
what's going on in your own thoughts and finding what is appropriate for you to be able to get the words out. Yeah, yeah. and enjoy yourself. There's so much pressure that we authors can put on ourselves like a lot a lot of pressure yeah, yeah. And, and I mean if you can only manage like a thousand words in a week say hey I wrote a thousand words this week yeah you know it's it's a thousand it's... more than writing none at all <laughs> <laughs> what what has been your biggest challenge what do you what do you feel as your biggest pressure actually you talk about pressure that authors put pressure on themselves what is it that what kind of pressure do you put on yourself well because I'm coming to the published authors venue a little later in life you know like yes. 22 23 of course because we've already established that um, there are a lot of writers younger than me who have a lot of books out and I have my first out which yes. again is kind of a big deal but it still is. you can look at all the prolific authors around you and say gee I need to catch up and then I have to say to myself no I don't really have to catch mm. up mm -hmm. this is where I've begun my career so now I just need to keep going from where I am now so it's yes. almost like I have to go like this and put the blinders on yes and just really focus on what works for you exactly. and what works for everybody else because I understand that there is uh, there are a lot of like writing experts a lot of people that tell you what, how you should write and we come back to the same point that you really have to honor where you're at and maybe five words for you is like a thousand or twenty thousand words for some else exactly so honoring your journey exactly where you're at is such a powerful message you know that, that you offer so tell me what's what's been the response to the Spoonie, uh, Spoonie Author Network it's, there's been a great response yeah and I mean considering it started last year around this time um, at CanCon 2017 we actually a bunch of us from the Spoonie Authors Network hosted a panel yes. about disability and sexuality. Oh, how And it was called Spooning with Spoonies. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, how well was that attended? It, it was attended <laughs> pretty well. I can imagine. Uh, um, some people actually said in the feedback that they learned so much. Okay. Right? Because we're often considered taboo to think about yes. in a sex away. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I can imagine. So that was, that was really fun. It was really, really, it was really fun. <laughs> so obviously the form treating uh, obviously talking about all elements of the journey and, and individuals who are living with disabilities not just simply the writing process there's other elements obviously that you're talking about which is sexuality one of those taboo subjects right yeah and and we were telling the the audience don't always make us the nice best friend we could be the love interest why not <laughs> why not indeed why can't you be the love interest exactly yeah I love that I love your message and I love as I say once again all this energy that you're you know that you're pouring into that now I know that you're very active on social media because I do follow you. you're active on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> and one of the, the funniest things that I think I've, I've seen from you is this uh, operate this hashtag that you have called operation free cat <laughs> so tell me about this hashtag tell me what what inspired this hashtag <laughs> so I'm cheeky in case you haven't noticed maybe a little <laughs> um, yeah I grew up in Montreal yes. so I was born on cement and I'm used to living in a city <laughs> core but because of the sins of my youth now I am stuck in deep deep into the suburbs okay. uh, of Ottawa and yes. it's not so easy to get around and such and I nicknamed my neighborhood Narnia because I say <laughs> you need a wardrobe to get anywhere that's funny um, and so I would write this hashtag operation free cat to get me into the downtown core again <laughs> so it just became a cheeky little thing that I did <laughs> are people responding to that are well they, they used they used to yeah I haven't done it as much lately oh is that right yeah maybe okay. I considered my home now my writer's cottage I don't know <laughs> you know everyone that it all changes you know sometimes when you think you're a city girl and you can't live anywhere but the city uh, going out into the country becomes you know just uh, just what you need you know to kind yeah. of 
know, yeah. get get the the creative elements fl uh, flowing again. Yeah, yeah. and and honestly, um, because of the <laughs> lack of crowded streets, I get to roll around with Nula all over the place. True, so, you know, true, true. I'm not as discontent as the Operation Precat <laughs> days. So where do you actually write? Um, do you do you write at home exclusively, or do you find yourself going out to different locations, like maybe to to a cafe? Do you go out of your uh, habitat, shall we call it that, right. to 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 explore other places in which to get uh, inspiration? Well, when I wrote Life in the Cosm, I wrote it everywhere. We have great technology nowadays. Yeah, we do actually. Yes, and I was absolutely. such a Google girl yeah. when I wrote that, so I had my cell phone and laptops and my desktop at home. I wrote in doctor's offices, taxi cabs That's on paratranspo. That's fantastic. I love it. You know, we're, we're coming down to the final two minutes of the show, and I do want to touch an element of who you are as an author and your journey, and that is the, the spiritual element okay. um, and your spiritual journey, because you do talk about that a little bit. Tell me, um, tell me how your faith, your spirituality has, um, has influenced you or has supported you in your journey as an author. It's huge. It's a huge part of my character. Um, yeah. I've always been inspired by people that were maybe less religious Yes. but more faithful yeah and I even explore those themes in life in the cosm as well mm. um, and uh, yeah I have a I have spiritual characters in them they're 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 mother they are um, two-headed beings just yes. like except they're women yes and they're called the sisters of peace uh -huh. and they're the head monks of a certain planet uh -huh. and so I had these two characters named Eva and Ava and they are um, my dream people, people who are non-judgmental, truly spiritual, truly helpful. You know, they seem to transcend all the kind of garbage things that weigh us down and, and organically inspire us. Yes. So, um, yeah, so that did feed into my writing as well. As, as you are, because I see this is how you are as well, that kind of person who is trying through who they are to infect this world with the positivity and with the, uh, posi this posi positive energy that you bring into the world. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for coming on to oh, the show and you. sharing your story with us. Um, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Journey, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.